everyone, and welcome back to Hate Read. I'm Em. And I'm Anna. And every fortnight, one of us gets to challenge the other to read a book that we are sure they will hate. Um, this fortnight, I was lucky enough to be able to challenge Em to read Shades of Grey by Clea Simon. Um, so first and foremost, Em, did you manage to finish this book? I did manage to finish this book. Um, it was definitely... <laughs> Not a book I would have picked out for myself. <laughs> I do feel like with this book, maybe a little more than some of the others we've read, if this is the type of book you like, you might be okay with it. Like, it was less... Yeah. It was less inherently terrible than some of the other ones we read. I just mm-hmm. found it very stupid. <laughs> there was... <laughs> there were so many parts of this book because so um em sent me a text about like i don't know a few days ago and you were like i think this is the book that will that will end me or something like something to, I... to the effect that like i was like oh crap emily's not gonna finish this book so now i definitely have to read it and read it closely <laughs> so i can summarize the parts after she stopped reading and then when you sent me that text that said you finished i was like oh thank god <laughs> This book uh, gave me an existential crisis. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yeah. So I don't even know, like, I don't even know how you're going to summarize this. Yeah. There's a stupid A plot, a stupid B plot, and a stupid C and D plot. Like, there's so much going on that doesn't need to happen. I didn't really break it down into D plot. I only got three plots. Um, And I think the way I'm going to attack this summary is we're going to focus on the A plot and we'll just bring up the B plot kind of when it becomes necessary. So there's like a point where I think we kind of have to explain the B plot, but we're not going to get too into it because it's stupid and it doesn't matter for most of it. And the C plot, I'm just going to tack on at the end because it has absolutely nothing to do with anything. Yeah. Yeah. And I think for me, the D plot was just the romantic. Oh, oh yeah. I just, I just considered that part of the A plot because I I don't know. It was terrible. (laughs) Okay. So, um, so go ahead. All right. (laughs) So the main character of this uh, novel, and we should be very clear that this is not Fifty Shades of Grey. This is just Shades of Grey, just an unspecified number of shades. This (laughs) book stars Miss Dulcie Schwartz, who is a grad student at Harvard working on a degree in English specializing in 18th century Gothic English literature. Uh, During the school year, she lives with her roommate, Suze, who's a law student, Uh, but it is summertime at Harvard, and she has subletted her uh, roommate's apartment to a guy named Tim, who is just a preppy guy, um, which this book- walking entitlement, Dulcie calls him. (laughs) This book hates preps more than anything I have ever read in my life, including My Immortal, which is like the standard of (laughs) things that hate preps. (laughs) On a scale of like how hard Dulcie hates prep, she certainly beats like thirteen year old emo Anna. It's, it's not even just like, Dulcie though, because her friends are also like, "Oh yeah, he's such a prep." Oh God, another preppy. Like, calm down. Yeah, and and it, it may it might be like East Coast Harvard school, you know, but like we're all adults here. She's in grad school, so assumably in her twenties. Like, get get over it. Ugh. All right. So um, Dulcie also works as a data input person at an insurance company, (laughs) 
we'll get into that later. It doesn't insurance. matter. Insurance. Insurance. she says. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah. But it's, uh, that's her uh, summer job. So Dulcie arrives home one day and finds the door ajar and Tim is dead on the floor. There's just blood everywhere. <laughs> uh, the police are called. There's a funeral, and Dulcie decides to go to the funeral even though she doesn't want to go. She doesn't really know anybody, and she doesn't like the people that she does know. She hates all of Tim's friends, and she doesn't know his family. So why she's going to this funeral, I don't know. But she goes anyway. And she's wearing a long black Indian skirt. What is that? that. What is that? And a black t-shirt. This is what she's decided is is acceptable funeral wear. (laughs) She's wearing a t-shirt and like a maxi skirt. And she's, like, so confused by the fact that other people seem to have normal clothes. Yes. (laughs) What was that? It was bizarre. Well, because she's a hippie's daughter, so she doesn't own any, like, neutral colors. Everything's bright and flowery. She doesn't believe in blazers. She wasn't raised that way. (laughs) So uh, she talks to Alana. At the funeral, who is Tim's girlfriend, who everybody just shits all over because she's blonde. And that yeah. therefore means she's just the stupidest human being to have ever crawled out of her mother's womb and made herself an imposition on the rest of society. Like, <laughs> like she is so stupid. And there's nothing to support that except for the fact that she didn't know that Tim was hooking up with other girls. Like, that's literally the only thing that would support the fact that she's an idiot. And and in fact, is like throughout the course of the novel when we do interact with her, because she disappears pretty quickly, but she's kind of conniving when we do um, interact with her. Like she's, yeah. she's not stupid. She's observant. She's she's smart enough to come up with catty insults. Like, I don't know. Right. She was fine. She's just but a girl. Dulcie's just like, she's a complete bimbo. She's so dumb. And... That's kind of setting yeah. the tone for I, how Dulcie talks about women for this entire book. Yes, Dulcie is definitely one of those girls that's like, I'm not friends with girls. I don't. I just don't get along with girls. Which, like, right. shut up, <laughs> shut up. I hate that. I hate that so much. Ugh, she's it's terrible. Um. So yeah. So she meets Alana, and she meets Stacia, Stasha, Stacia. Yeah. Uh, whatever. Stacia. One of those preppy names. Yeah, I, I think it's short for. <laughs> I think it's short for, like, Anastasia, so I guess Stacia. Probably. Um, But there's a C in it. It's very weird. So uh, she meets Stacia, who's, like, who's Alana's brunette best friend and seems... (laughs) (laughs) And seems more I'm just thinking ahead of the book and... Yeah, yeah, I know. Me too. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Yeah, it goes goes a lot of places. Um, And then she also meets uh, Louisa, who is... Tim's old tutor and the way that Louisa is introduced is one of the grossest things I have ever read in a book like first there's two quotes first she sits down next to Dulcie and it says the girl was stunning exotic looking but with a wide-eyed innocence which that's already gross that's already a gross way to introduce someone exotic looking please stop please please never use that Again, And then it goes on to say, she couldn't be more than 16, but when she stood up, Dulcie found herself facing a body like a porn star's. What? What? (laughs) 
Who thinks this about like <laughs> if she if you think she's 16 you shouldn't be thinking that. That's super gross. Uh but also Yep. If uh like every time, every time that this girl comes on the page, Dulcie just just waxes rhapsodically about how slamming, bamming, bootylicious she is. And it's so mm-hmm. unnecessary. <laughs> it's really gross. It's like, um, I don't know. It, it's She's just really objectifying this poor girl. Right. And I don't know. Just she's, Dulcie is so obsessed with how people look and how yes. that, how their looks create, or how people's interactions are affected by others' appearances. It's just so strange. Right. It's very, very And never shallow. once do we get a description of how Dulcie looks. Right. And there's like no info on what Dulcie looks like, which is wouldn't be so weird if it wasn't for the fact that she goes so hard in depth on every other character's appearance. And it's not just yeah. the girls, she goes because she does it to the guys too. So I mm-hmm. guess equal opportunity. Yeah. That's good i guess but the guys get like the reverse (laughs) of it because the girls generally are she was so beautiful she was super hot super sexy beautiful gorgeous the guys generally are Mm -hmm. like he was kind of an uggo like she has such (laughs) yeah she like there's so many guys that show up and dulcie's just like he's gross he looks stupid i don't like him the it guy poor it guy who she's like talks about being all acne ridden and gross looking and stuff yes Chris at first. And oh, the, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> the the redheaded guy that her friend at work yeah. dates. <laughs> so weird. Um, okay, so Dulcie, after the funeral, Dulcie trots on home. And Luke, Tim's brother, who wasn't at the funeral, shows up. Uh, this is very mm-hmm. suspicious to me, this whole situation. I immediately thought Luke was yes. not his brother and the murderer. Like, that was Same. my thought. But... Spoiler alert. He is his brother. He's there to clean out Tim's shit. And he talks about how they're really rich, but Tim was essentially cut off from the family. And uh, he was probably dealing weed on the side. And Dulcie, meanwhile, decides that she is thirsty as fuck and (laughs) wants to get with Luke. (laughs) While also asking him awkward questions about the murder case. (laughs) Right, right. And this is the moment where I personally realized Dulcie was a wretched excuse for a human. <laughs> because uh, Dulcie, not to get too much into this part, but Dulcie has recently had a cat pass away. Uh, and she thinks of the situation. She compares it to the death of her pet. And she says, oh, you know, he must be in a lot of pain, like I'm in a lot of pain because of the death of my cat. Mm-hmm. The pain of the death of my cat must be similar to the pain of the death of his brother. And then she Murder says, of his brother, not just death. <laughs> yes, the murder. She knew her cat was going to die. Right. She says, worse even. But the cat had been innocent. Tim had been dealing drugs. Oh my god. I totally missed that. What a monster. <laughs> what? A monster. what? <laughs> Your cat is a cat. That's his brother, you bitch. And I don't use that word lightly on this podcast, but Dulcie is a bitch. Yeah. She takes this she has this idea of Tim in her head, even though she has she's given plenty of opportunities throughout this book. 
um, to maybe see Tim in a different light. She sees him, like, she sees other women that care about him. She hears that maybe Tim was impressed with her and her work ethic somewhere down the line. But throughout this entire thing, she just rags on this poor murdered kid. Like, (laughs) it's just like this guy was a shithole. He he dented one of my pans. He took my mom's (laughs) kitchen knife. He stole my fountain pen. This guy is a huge dick. Used my computer and gave it a virus. Like... He left the door open. Yes, and she constantly talks shit about him. Dulcie, who cares? To the people most affected by his death. Yes, like his brother. What is wrong with you? But yeah. And no one calls her on it. No one's like, hey, Dulcie, maybe you should cool it with the like dissing of this dead relative. Maybe you yeah. should stop. No one says that. They're just like, yeah, you're right. He was kind of a preppy shithole. Yeah, yeah. Ugh. So frustrating. So after Luke shows up, and here's the other thing with this book, like 80% of this book is Dulcie running into someone unexpectedly, someone unexpectedly showing up at her house or her making plans to meet up with somebody. Like that's the majority of this book, which is not interesting to read about. No. And for as much as she hates the preps, the people she's making plans to meet are all the preps. It makes no sense. Like, she's introduced to these people. She has loose connections with these people because she went to Tim's funeral and then suddenly decides they're the only people she can talk to and contact for the rest of this novel. Right. Like, she has friends. Or her friend Suze. Yeah, her friend Suze, who I, we both thought was a ghost for most of yeah. this novel. We both thought she doesn't Suze was interact not real. with anyone else. Yeah, oh, and man. she would, like, stop answering her phone at very suspicious times, and we were yeah. both just yeah. like, Susan's fake. She's I thought either she was a ghost or she was the murderer. <laughs> She'd come back, wanted her old room back. She'd come back from D.C. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, so uh, Luke leaves, Alana and Stacia show up, and they also want to go through Tim's shit, and Alana is annoyed that somebody else has already been there. So they go rummage and Stacia finds a jewelry box with an, with an engagement ring and is all, oh, look, Alana, he was going to propose. So Dulcie is like, hmm, that's really weird. Luke just went through all of Tim's shit and didn't notice this giant fucking ring. That's pretty odd. Yeah. Uh, but she puts a pin in that and we move on. As with many things in this book, Dulcie notes that something is strange, but completely disregards it as strange. She's just like, oh, okay. Yes. That must be how Until the very happen. end, where it all comes together. Yes, she listens to the voices, and they all come together in her mind. So she goes to a coffee shop, and she runs into Louisa, who is still sad, and still has a slam a lamin body. <laughs> uh, and also, fish are afraid of her. <laughs> I did not understand the fish thing at all. <laughs> this is not a one-off. The, the fish, fish comes up three times in this book. Three times. There's a fish that's in the coffee shop and it starts like, like in a panic, throwing itself against the glass when it sees Louisa and they keep bringing it up and it just, it leads nowhere because spoiler alert, Louisa did not kill Tim. Um, And also the fish calms down even after Louisa has been in the coffee shop. Yeah, it's, it, it makes no sense. It's, it's yet another false lead that they're throwing out here that is. (laughs) It's, it's a red herring. Um, (laughs) Oh my god, I bet she thought that when she wrote this too. I mean, it's not a herring, but it is red. It is a red fish. It's a red beta fish um, named Nemo. 
Nemo. Yeah. So mm. stupid. Um, so Dulcie is all, oh, this is, this is weird. This girl is strangely upset over the death of this guy who she tutored. And I'm like, no, Dulcie, you're weirdly not upset about the death of this guy who you lived with for three months, you fucking psycho. Yeah, you should feel a little more unsafe in your home. Someone literally broke in and murdered your roommate. And you're just like, I'm comfortable living here still. It's fine. And people say to her, they say, maybe you were the real target and Tim was just like in the way. And she's like, "Mm, yeah, maybe. I don't know. Who cares? It's probably fine. Yeah, it's no wonder she's a person of interest by the police. Right. (laughs) So Louisa reveals that she and Tim had a, a thing, but it's not really clear what exactly went on. And Louisa kind of claims that they didn't really hook up, but that seems to be not the case from the rest of the novel. But it's not really clear if Louisa's lying or if the author just forgot that she had Louisa say that. Um, yeah. But who cares? Uh, so Alana invites <laughs> Dulcie to a party. And Dulcie is super weirded out by the fact that Alana is having a party like a week after her boyfriend dies, to which, I, I mean, wakes are a thing. That's a thing. This is not... This is not so bizarre to have a party after someone dies. Like, like a memorial. I probably yeah. wouldn't. Yeah, I wouldn't phrase it as, oh, we're having a. A, a kegger. You know, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I wouldn't phrase it as we're having a kegger, but it's not as bizarre as Dulcie is making it out to be. Um, so she goes and she meets Bruce, who she kind of met at the funeral, but he's a friend of Tim's. And uh, she runs into Luke and tells Luke, that she told the police about the whole Tim might have been dealing drugs thing. And Luke gets hella offended because she may have sullied his family's good name. Oh, and so stupid. <laughs> and Dulcie is super sad because she's like, oh, I guess I won't get to bang Luke after all. Uh, so instead, she sets her sights on Bruce because he is nice, unlike every other and garbage preppy cake. person there. Oh, yeah. yeah. And he's a beefcake. Yeah. He's super hot. So, Which, like, his first interaction with her is so strange because he's like, oh, Dulcie, I was hoping to talk to you because I feel like we're kindred spirits. Like, neither of us yeah. really fits in here because we're so sensitive and blur, blur, blur. Every interaction like, with you don't know was this girl. She was... <laughs> so Dulcie gets pulled in for questioning and she is highly offended that the police would ever even consider her as a suspect, which is completely ad- idiotic because, of course, they consider you as a suspect. Like, it was in your apartment the door was unlocked and you you have been going around saying how much you hate this guy for the past two weeks. Yeah, and insinuating yourself into the um into the investigation, like going to the police with helpful tips, right. going to the funeral, even though you didn't know him very well, showing up at Alana's party, like you're acting suspicious AF. Like Right. So she calls up her friend Suze and Suze tells her to lawyer up and to stop talking to the cops, you complete dum-dum. Yeah. She, Dulcie kind of notes that she should get a lawyer, but puts a pin in it for now, because again, Dulcie I have no money! Yeah, she doesn't have any money, and Suze tells her to go to legal aid, but she's kind of like, eh, whatever, maybe I will, maybe I won't. Uh, so, Stacia asks Dulcie about Tim's laptop. She says that there are certain files on the laptop that would be troublesome for Alana. So it seems to be that Alana has nude pictures on this laptop and Stacia wants to get the laptop and get rid of the pictures to help her friend out. Mm-hmm. Um, Dulcie tells her that Luke has it 
And Stacia asks Dulcie to check, uh, check her own Dulcie's laptop to see if Tim put any strange files on that, which that makes no sense. Why, why would he do that? That, because Dulcie thinks Um, the worst of Tim and is like, well, of course he would use my personal items. Why wouldn't he? Right, right. Of course he, he screwed with my laptop. Of course, of course he put nude pictures of some woman on my laptop. Like... Yeah, she Why does not do question that? That this weird make sense. Thing. Why don't you have a password on your laptop, right. you dumb girl? Like, right. So dumb. So Dulcie's poking around her laptop and she finds this weird file, which at first seems like a picture of her recently deceased cat, but then it gets corrupted and it turns into some weird spreadsheet and she's very confused about what's going on and very, very upset that she lost this picture of her dead cat because that is all that Dulcie cares about in the world is her dead cat. Yeah, and can someone please tell me how does a picture, not as a dot JPEG, turn into an Excel sheet spreadsheet? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I don't. Um, I'm not. I don't write computer viruses. Maybe I'm just. Maybe I'm just um, ignorant in this subject. But I think maybe it was a spreadsheet the whole time, and the cat thing was just like a facade that she saw because of her weird psychicness that we're going to get into later. Maybe it was actually like a pixel drawing on Excel of her cat. <laughs> I don't know. Yes, Write us in and tell us if this is actually possible. <laughs> yeah, please explain to us how a virus would turn <laughs> a picture of a dead cat into a spreadsheet. Yeah, I am fully convinced that um, Clea Simon just doesn't, doesn't know what year it is because everything she writes about technology, it's like, mm, really? Mm, I don't think so. Yeah, yeah. Like everyone's, I, I was so confused because everyone was calling each other's landlines all the time. And, I'm and like, leaving voicemails on just, their answering machine. Yeah. Yeah. Who does that? Text them. Text them. Yeah. Like, and, they, and she had like, oh, Suze, I know this, this call is probably costing you a lot since it's long distance. It's like, no. Yeah. What? No, it's no, it's not. And she like, pulls phone, out a then, cell phone at one point, so she definitely has a cell phone. Uh, okay, so where was oh, I? Oh, sorry. Um, All right, so she finds yeah. the, the weird laptop. Uh, no, no, I got it. I got it. I got it. She she finds the the spreadsheet. Um, so she goes to talk to her grad student friends. Well, she's hanging out with her grad student friends, and she asks two of them, Chris and Jerry, who I think are in like computer sciences mm-hmm. or something like that. Uh, about what had happened and they mentioned that there's a virus that's been going around different colleges and it's wreaking havoc and it's letting people change their grades or get in and see their admission and things like that yeah um this is also the point where dulcie notes that a chris is a total uggo and b she has earmarked him for sues and so mm-hmm. he is safe from dulcie's thirst <laughs> And she's constantly like, no, he's for Suze. Which Suze at no point says that she is even slightly interested yeah. in this boy. And in fact, seems to also think he is a total uggo and not want anything to do with him. But Dulcie's convinced that they'd be perfect together. So she has decided not to pursue him. Unlike every other man in this novel. Yeah. Yeah. So Dulcie goes home. <laughs> And she finds some expensive mascara in her bathroom. And this I, the logic around this mascara. I was so grossed out. I was so grossed out. Right? 
Oh yeah. my god. Okay, so first off, first off, sh- she tries the mascara on. Yes! A stranger's uh, mascara. Uh, you don't even share mascara wands with people is, you do know. That's ever. No, that is disgusting. I hope she gets an eye infection and she goes blind. Oh. Oh my god, she totally is going to get pink eye from this. Ugh, disgusting. So, that was disturbing and the worst thing in this book. Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> Also, she she decides that it must be one of Tim's girlfriends' mascara because it's not hers because it's too expensive. She couldn't afford mm-hmm. it. Um, yeah, I think she like makes a point of saying like like some stupid comment like I can only afford those uh, the cheap drugstore. Uh, she she doesn't say makeup. What does she say? It's something so like condescending um, towards makeup. Oh, uh, she calls it her drugstore paints and brushes. <laughs> Whatever. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> she decides that it it can't possibly be Alana's because Alana is a blonde and no blonde would ever wear such a dark mascara shade. What? That's that's insane. That's completely insane. What are It's black are you, mascara. It's black mascara. What are you talking about? Everyone wears that. You wear black mascara, don't you? Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I I've yeah. never worn brown mascara. So I'm like this is insane. And I, I mean, I am a, yeah. a dirty blonde, but yeah, like it's who everyone wears black mascara. Yeah. That's, that's such that's an insane just, conclusion. I thought that was the only color mascara came in. <laughs> right. Right. Like, I'm like, that's an insane <laughs> conclusion to jump to that. There's just no possible way that Alana would wear black mascara. It's not like, <laughs> and I mean, you could have some fancy mascara and it's, like blue mascara or something like that and she could say oh alana's makeup was too conservative for this to be that would make yeah, that some would amount make of sense. sense it still wouldn't i mean people wear different makeup it's not like people buy one mascara and then never ever change it up but that would at least kind of make sense but black mascara is like universal yeah <laughs> so in the meantime bruce has called dulcie up and asked if she wants to meet up with him for dinner, and Dulcie is Ugh. super, super psyched because she, this means she's going to get some. So, so she, she she runs into Louisa on the way, and Louisa has pepped up quite a bit because, as it turns out, Louisa is also on her way to meet Bruce because Louisa and, Br- and Bruce are an item because of Dulcie being nice to Louisa or something. It's really unclear, but... Bruce seems to believe that Dulcie has helped them get back together in some way and to thank Dulcie for helping them get back together has invited her to third wheel on their date, I guess. I yeah, it was like I think I think what 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 it was is that they were dating in secret because Tim had introduced them and he thought that she was really something special and sweet and different than the normal girls he had and uh, Dulcie's reaction toward Louisa gave Bruce the courage to come out to all of their friends and family that they were dating. And so they bestowed this honor upon Dulcie that she could go and have dinner with the two of them so they could tell her about their relationship. It was Which, very weird. Why would she, why would, in Dulcie's uh, defense, like, yes, Dulcie is a thirsty bitch, but if some guy calls you up and is like, hey, I've been thinking so much about you. Do you want to go get dinner? You're going to think that's a date. That's absolutely. 
the Dulcie was not out of line here. This is the one time that she was totally making sense. And Bruce was yeah. an idiot. That was just a dirty author trick. Like that wasn't that wasn't anything yeah, that would have really happened realistically. Right. No one would ever do that. <laughs> Uh, but okay, so we kind of got to get into the B plot here real quick. Dulcie works at a uh, priority insurance, priority insurance, where she does data input. They have been having some sort of uh, data breaches. It seems to be coming from Dulcie's terminal. Dulcie is terminated for a little bit, uh, and at this point, mm. Dulcie decides after she's terminated from work, that she needs to go to legal aid to discuss suing her company. Which, Fucking finally. No. <laughs> well, <laughs> a, she should have gone to legal aid ages ago. Yeah. But also, that's not, like, she has no claim here against her company. She's a temp. They can fire her if they want. There's, like, she doesn't have a contract. This is, yeah. she, unless, she lives in an at-will state. Unless she lives in Montana, which we know she doesn't. She lives in an at-will state. They can fire her unless it's for a protected class reason. She's shit out of luck. So this is yeah. so stupid that anybody is sitting here saying, <laughs> oh, yeah, you have a case. Because no, she doesn't. No, that, she doesn't. That lawyers, that law students are telling her that, yeah, you can you can sue them for holding you there without any reason to hold you and blur, blur, blur. No, no, you can't. They're like, oh, they kidnapped you. No, they didn't. No. Please stop. She literally just didn't leave. Also, I'm pre- <laughs> and I'm, I'm not 100% sure on this, but uh, kidnapping is a criminal offense, not a civil offense. <laughs> so it's all yeah. very stupid. Um, what are your damages? Please tell me. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Dulcie goes to Campus Legal Aid, and what do you know, Luke works there. So at first she's like, oh, good, now that the Bruce thing didn't pan out, I can hop on back to the Luke train. (laughs) I can focus on my first love. (laughs) Luke, yeah. But uh, Luke, unfortunately, seems to be quite taken with Stacia, based on the fact that he said Stacia has been helpful. Dulcie immediately yeah. turns on Stacia is like that harlot has stolen my man we are now number one <laughs> rivals and the bitterest of enemies we are competing <laughs> yeah and and Luke says like oh you should um well she tells Luke she's like hey so you remember how your brother got murdered they're looking at me for that now and he's like well uh I don't deal with that right <laughs> like, right why would you why would you that First of all, major conflict of right. interest. Number one, he's a law student, not a lawyer, so he can't take your case, period. Number two, he, it's his brother, you dumb bitch. Yeah, quit. Yeah, like, I understand you're having issues, but also his brother was murdered unexpectedly. Of course he likes Stacia more than you. She doesn't sit here whinging about the fact that she's going to be arrested for the murder of his brother instead of being like, hey, how are you doing with the murder of your brother? Yeah. <laughs> she actually is upset uh, by this whole thing. Right. Um and and Luke also says after after Dulcie tells him about the priority insurance issues, well you should ha- you should call Stacia to help you out with that because she knows computers. Yeah, yeah. Stacia is so smart at computers How is that she can solve your priority insurance's problems with their hackers. Right, which what? Why would that no. No. Okay. <sighs> All right. So <laughs> Again, there are only three people in this universe now that Dulcie can go to for right. help. <laughs> They're all involved in Tim's murder. So, so uh, she asks Luke to 
uh, if she can look at Tim's laptop to figure out if it was the source of the virus because she, she kind of has this theory that Tim's laptop infected her laptop and then her laptop might've infected the priority insurance laptops or uh, computers. But she wants to look at Tim's laptop to see if that might be the issue instead of, I don't know, looking at her own laptop, whatever. It doesn't make sense. So stupid. But it turns out that Luke has given said laptop to Louisa and Stacia also has shown interest to Luke in the laptop. So everybody's kind of after this laptop, uh, and everybody seems to have different motives for why they want the laptop. Uh, some mm-hmm. some more work-related bullshit happens. Louisa calls Dulcie in a panic and tells her that she's been getting these weird calls where the caller hangs up whenever Louisa picks up, which anyone who had a slightly paranoid mother knows that if... Uh, someone calls your house and then hangs up immediately. It means they're trying to suss out if the house is occupied so they can decide whether or not they're going to break in. Like, this is right. paranoid Midwestern parents 101. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Luke comes over to the apartment to sort through more of Tim's stuff, and Dulcie questions him about that ring from, like, 20 chapters ago. Luke is unsure mm-hmm. about the ring, but says that Tim used to talk shit about Alana behind her back and kind of made fun of her, but he also might have wanted to settle down and who knows who cares. So it's kind of unclear who the ring was really for, but Dulcie asks Luke about, oh, how come you didn't see it when you were looking through his stuff? And Luke's like, I wasn't really looking for that. I was looking for the drugs that I thought he might have. So, you know, I guess I overlooked it. Kind of suspicious. And this was around Mm -hmm. the point where I stopped taking notes. So let me open the book and get to (laughs) this point. (laughs) It's I was I was looking through my notes to see if anything else happens. Well, and then Dulcie starts getting these phone calls too. To go back to this question of what what does Clea Simon think of technology? Louisa's like, well, I don't have caller ID because I can't afford anything but basic phone (laughs) service. Like, yeah. Again, we all have cell phones with caller ID. Why are you still using your home phone as your main phone? <laughs> right. Why? Why are you paying for a landline if you can't <laughs> afford it? Okay. Anyway. So, uh, Louisa, or they make Luke makes plans with Dulcie and Louisa to meet up so Louisa can hand off the laptop to Dulcie. Dulcie and Luke meet up, and there's more of Luke may or may not be interested in Stacia and Dulcie is super annoyed about it. They go, they go to meet up with Louisa and they see Louisa and there's this big commotion or no, for they don't see Louisa. There's this big commotion and they go out to the steps and they see that Louisa has fallen slash maybe been attacked, but has is landed on the steps, blood everywhere. Um, and no laptop. Yeah. So Louisa's rushed to the hospital. Dulcie goes to check on her and she's very groggy, but she mentions that someone pushed her. And I think at this point she also mentions, it might be the second time she visits her at the hospital, but these two instances could easily have been combined together. Who cares? Uh, Louisa says, oh, you know, I had the laptop with me and now it's gone. Yeah. And she also mentioned something like she says Bruce and Luke and then passes out. Yeah. Yeah. So like furthering the oh maybe luke killed his brother right thing so dulcie starts getting 
the same sort of phone calls that Louisa did where someone calls and then hangs up. And when she's out of the house one day, she comes back and she starts chatting with her neighbor. And when she returns to her apartment, she finds someone has broken in again and her laptop is now missing. So she goes to the police. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. So she goes to the police. She files a report. Uh, Chris shows up and is very nice and helpful. And Dulce's like, hmm, maybe he isn't so ugly after all. Uh, (laughs) I hope he's not flirting with me because he's interested in Sue's. (laughs) Because he's interested in Sue's. Sue's loves him so much. Sue's has never shown any interest in this person. Also, uh, Chris shows up at the hospital at one point when uh, she's there visiting Louisa. And Dulce's like, this is very suspicious. I wonder why Chris is at the hospital. And then presses him about it. And he's like, I'm in therapy. And then it's the most, he's in therapy because his mom has been sick recently. Okay, that's fine. That's normal. But then his therapist has been pushing him to hang out with healthy people. Yeah. What therapist would say that to someone? What are, like he. (laughs) Yeah, it's very, and the way that like, Um, the reason that Dulce is, like, so interested in knowing why Chris was at the hospital was because, for some reason, she, she planned to have Chris come over at, like, sometime that evening to look at her computer to kind of try and clear the virus off. And so he shows up, and she immediately is like, you did this. You broke into my house and stole my laptop. Why did you do this? I saw you at the hospital, and you wouldn't make <laughs> eye contact with me. It must have been you. And that's why Chris is like, nah, man, I'm in therapy. And that's why I've been hanging out lately. It's because you're healthy. <laughs> Which clearly she's not. You should pick different people. <laughs> right. Which no, she's not, Chris. No, she's not. Go go hang out with Joni or something. I don't know. Uh- <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. So her laptop gets stolen. She goes to talk to the police. The police. Uh, there's this whole stupid thing where her laptop then shows up at the back of her apartment and the police are like oh well clearly yeah you were faking this the whole time too like this was a fake police yeah they think she's lying and that they are very concerned by the fact that she's trying to continue to press these charges and they like hold her laptop hostage and then continue to question her about the murder like she still has not learned to not go to the police department without a lawyer present when you're a person of interest in a murder investigation like right they're tricking Come you to, into going there. <laughs> right. Please stop being a complete dumbass. Um, so she goes to the library to do her research. Uh, the library is having all of these troubles with the, well, the whole the whole university is having trouble with their system has been hacked and blah, 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 blah. Who cares? Uh, but she goes to the library. She's down in the stacks and she has mm-hmm. her bag sitting on uh, the table and she goes to look at a book and she comes back and her bag is slashed and she immediately starts panicking and she kind of hears footsteps. So she's like, Oh, they're still here. They're going to get me. Uh, they have a knife. Oh my gosh. So she's like running between the stacks. The person who you never, they, uh, she never sees seems to be like caging her in. And she gets away with essentially like a light trick where she uses the motion sensor lights to make it seem like she's somewhere that she's not. And then she escapes. It's very dumb. So (laughs) it was like the author's attempt to include some sort of climactic scene towards the end of this book. And it was just like, "Mm, this is dumb. Yeah. So she 
she goes, she gets out of the library. She doesn't file a police report, really, because she's like, I'm done with the police at this point, which probably a good call. And she goes to see, I think this is, this is the point where she goes to see Luke, right? Um, And everything comes out. She goes to work the next day and then is sent home because there is no work. And then, yeah, she goes to talk to Luke about it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So she goes to, uh, completely fucking forget how this comes up. I don't think it really, there is really no lead into it, right? Oh my, it doesn't. She just like. Stacia walks in and then she goes, oh, I know the answer. And, and solves Dulce's the crime. like, oh, oh, Stacia murdered him. Yep. That was, that was it, guys. Stacia murdered him. Stacia yeah. murdered him because she and Tim were fucking and they also were working together to hack into the Harvard computers and Stacia was the brains behind the operation, but she needed Tim because he had access to the Harvard system. Because Stacia's not a student at Harvard. So she needed Tim to get into the system. And then that would have been kind of an interesting, oh, they had a falling out, so mm-hmm. she murdered him sort of thing. But no, it's Tim is in love with not Stacia. And it's not really clear clear if it's Alana or Louisa, but yeah. he's in love with someone who's not Stacia. She finds the engagement ring and is like, oh, maybe he's going to propose to me. And she's like, ha, he's like, haha, no, definitely not. Not you. And Stacia kills him in a jealous rage. Yep. Yeah. So, and th- this is literally this, the jumps in logic that Dulcie made to figure out St- Stacia was the murder. Luke says, Stacia is very good with computers. When Dulcie asks Stacia if she's good with computers, Stacia denies this claim. Oh, yeah, yeah. So she's like, why would you be (laughs) trying to hide that you were good at computers? Oh, it's because (laughs) you're a computer hacker. Yeah. Oh, and also um, Stacia's mascara is the mascara. Oh, yeah, and at that moment, she she notices the gold flakes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She notices the gold flakes, and the mascara had gold flakes in it, which, whatever, whatever. This was so stupid. Yeah. And and the fact that Tim w- Tim liked brunettes, or she Tim right. had confided in Luke that he was starting to appreciate brunettes, like right, which could have been Louisa. Who knows? Yeah. Who cares? Yeah, but apparently it was Stacia. So that's the A plot. The B plot we kind of touched on. It's the whole oh she has issues at her job, and then it turns out that uh, so she she has a mean boss who stole her sweater and it turns out that the mean boss who stole her sweater was the one who was doing all of the hacking at the uh, insurance company. So that could have been solved within two pages. That had literally zero to do with anything. And then C plot, she's trying to figure out her thesis. So we are just treated to page upon page of her talking about this book that does not exist in the real world and sounds like a terrible book, uh, but is a Gothic novel from the 1700s that only 60 pages of it survives today. And she's trying to figure out some way to talk about it in her thesis. And the thing that she comes up with is that so they're in this novel there's two female characters and one of them is the he- the heroine and one of them is her attendant who seems very very dull and her conclusion is that the author was using gender roles of the time to make it seem like the attendant was innocuous but actually she believes the attendant was the villain of the whole piece which which whatever. 
are you kidding me? Totally. Your thesis is your thesis is gender roles in this gothic novel. That's that's nothing. That is the first thing any English. Student, that's something you would write in high school, right? Right. Like gender roles is the the go to for anyone who just doesn't have any fucking clue what to write their paper on. Yeah, and her advisor's like, this is definitely publishable. Like, <laughs> No, it's not. No, it's not. Dulcie. And she was like, oh, I wonder if I could, like, tie it into soap operas and chiclet and blah, blah, blah. Like, you're right. Yes, they're... Of course you could, because it's been done a million yeah, times. that's why you have so much material. She's like, oh, I have just so many things now I need to catch up on. Like, yeah, everything ever written. Right. Good job. <laughs> you... I was going to say, she's just, like, so convinced that she's the best grad student. Yes. Like, this was her calling. She says, she multiple times Which, comments on how, I'm a grad student, so that means I specialize in research. And she, that's how she, like... Right, like, oh, my God. And at the same time, she also clearly has no understanding of any era of literature outside of her own. Because the one of her grad student friends is a specialist in Victorian literature and Uh every time they bring up Victorian literature everything they say about it is incorrect it's so frustrating they're like um oh the gothic era was concerned with landscapes as a a reflection of emotion and the Victorians weren't yes they fucking were Wuthering Heights was Victorian era what are you talking about (laughs) freaking Dracula was Victorian yeah there there is a huge subsection of Victorian literature, which is Victorian Gothic. What are you talking about? What? Nope. She's Gothic- special snowflake uh, researcher. Dulcie Who Schwartz. just appreciates Gothic literature more than anyone else. Yes. Oh and God. she's so full of herself. She says, like, during this priority insurance investigation, when they when they seriously think that she is the one hacking into the system and oh, embezzling yeah. money, she says, the powers that were priority couldn't know that she... Dulce was fundamentally honest, a scholar with a sense of honor. I literally busted out laughing at that point. Like, what is that even? A scholar with a right. sense also, of honor. Every time she talks about the insurance thing, she's like, well, I could have done it. I mean, they, they had reason to think it was me because I'm so smart. I'm a grad student. Like, obviously, I could have done it, even though I know nothing about computers. <laughs> no. <laughs> Okay, so listeners might be kind of confused listening to this if you heard last week's podcast because you might remember in the synopsis that Anna (laughs) gave, a big point of contention was that this entire book, the the premise was Dulcie's cat, Mr. Gray, had died and his spirit was giving Dulcie hints about this murder from beyond. I chose not to include any of that shit in my synopsis because there is not enough of a ghost cat in this book to justify there being a ghost cat in this fucking book. Yes! We were so gypped on ghost cat! I know! I know! I was so annoyed. I was like, I, I realized that that was a stupid premise, but I was ready for some ghost cat yes. mystery solving action yes i kept that cat did shit all i kept waiting i was like okay so maybe they'll interact more once dulce accepts that this cat is real maybe maybe we right. just have to get past that hurdle and then he'll be around all the time and be hilarious nope even after uh, right, she's right. like admitted off, this to herself he's still he's still nowhere yeah why would you have a ghost cat if that ghost cat isn't going to be cracking wise all the time Yes! What's the point? If this is the selling point point of your cozy mystery series is that a stupid PhD candidate 
is friends with a ghost cat. Has a ghost include cat. Include the freaking ghost cat. Golly. <laughs> there better be a lot of that ghost cat in this book. Not this bullshit about how thirsty Dulcie is. Which, yes. oh, uh, conclusion of that, she ends up with Chris. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She suddenly decides his his bangs are appealing and that they share a love of old movies. So they're true loves now. It's cool. Pretty but much. honestly, Dulcie's real love is her cat. And, because and ravages of The Umbra. way she talks about the cat is disturbing. She's like, I used to watch his perfect little paws and his beautiful whiskers. Like, please stop. Please stop. <laughs> please, is, you're grossing me out. This is where he would sit and warm my feet. And this is where he would get all in between my legs and tangled up. And this is where, like, it, she's obsessed right, with Dulcie, cat. Like, I, I also Dulcie have wants a to pet. fuck this cat, right? And I, yeah, pretty sure. Yeah. <laughs> I also have a pet. And I am also slightly obsessed with him to the point of where, like, 80, no, 98% of the pictures on my phone are of my dog. And sometimes that's all I want to talk about is my dog. But also, like, if he passed away, realistically, the mourning period wouldn't be as long as Dulcie's has been like uh someone someone asks her about oh do you think you'll ever get another cat and she's like I could never get another cat again I yeah. can never love again and not after Mr. Gray like the end of the book down. she gets a new cat oh yeah <laughs> yeah and then she overhears the new cat talking to ghost cat and yes. Ghost Cat, whose personality is annoying, by the way, he's, he's like, I am so wise and I won't explain anything to you because I'm a cat, not a dog. He literally says that at one point. Yes. He's, he says, I'm not a dog. I'm not going to explain things. Yeah. Well, I wish she, I wish I had a dog then. And he drops these hints that like, I guess it's supposed to keep us reading the series, but he says, there are many of us watching over you. Who and why? Right. No. This girl is so Gross. boring. She spends like a hundred percent of her life in the library or at this insurance company. Right. Like of the two, the two most boring professions you could pick to write about: insurance, data input, and grad student. Yeah. Trust me. Gross. Yeah. <laughs> I lived with a grad student for five years. <laughs> it is dull. <laughs> oh man. Uh... Um. But did you understand that when when the little kitten was talking to Mr. Gray at the end where he said, she doesn't understand yet, little kitten, but soon she will just keep using those cute paws or something like he was like giving. I didn't understand no. if he was trying to give him tips on I didn't, I didn't know what was going how on. to get Dulcie to love the kitten or. I think it, I, yeah, I didn't know if it was the kitten was trying to get was or, sorry. Mr. Gray was trying to give the kitten tips on how to get Dulcie to like him or. Like, if he was trying to teach the cat how to form a psychic connection with Dulcie, I didn't, it didn't make no sense to me, but that's how I the book ended. I thought it was the psychic connection thing. Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was the psychic connection thing, but also who cares? Uh, yeah, because we will I'm never sure continue the <laughs> psychic cat would be equally as boring as ghost cat turned yeah. out to be. Yeah, well, and especially like, okay, if it's a kitten, it would be like the equivalent of a baby having a psychic connection with you all day long. Like, right, <laughs> why will, would you want there that? There will gross. be nothing of gross. substance coming from this animal. <laughs> oh my gosh. I really did think I wouldn't mind this book. Like, I don't, I can go along with some stupid cat premise, like, not cat pre- mystery premises. Like I used to read when I was um, a lot younger, the cat who mystery books where an author does solve mysteries with the help of his live, a live cat. <laughs> I think. Yeah. I 
dislike cozy mysteries in general because here's the thing okay like cozy mysteries they made sense at the time where they kind of first became popular when specifically women weren't allowed in a lot of roles like police officer Mm -hmm. detective things like that so if you wanted to have a female detective she kind of had to be working outside of the actual structure of like the police force or whatever like miss markle um Ones that are written now, set in modern times, I don't like because just let the police do their fucking jobs. Like, there's no reason to have... You can have a female police officer or a female detective be the main character of your novel if you want to write a book about a female detective. You don't need a grad student to do this. We don't... She has her own job. It's being terrible at writing about gothic (laughs) literature. She has a job. She doesn't need to do this. She's a scholar with a sense of honor. God, I hate it. Yeah, and um, she's she's very yeah. bad at solving this crime yeah. too. Like maybe if she had some knack for it, oh, we yeah. could forgive this a little bit more. But no, she's just bumbling from man to man to figure fumbling out. her way. Yes, it's just ridiculous. <laughs> but yeah, I agree. Like cozy mysteries, modern cozy cozy mysteries are not my cup of tea. I know a lot of people do love them and and read them. They devour them essentially because they're they are very easy to read and they're easy to fall into. If you're a cozy mystery fan and if you're a ghost cat fan, this might be a good series for you to check out. It's you know like an independent author. <laughs> if you specifically like, ghost <laughs> well, okay. Cats. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. When I was looking up this book, like to find to buy on Kindle, and I didn't, I couldn't remember the name of it, so I looked up uh-huh. ghost cat. There's so many ghost cat mystery books. This is like a genre inside oh of the God. genre. There's like, like cozy mystery is a genre inside the mystery genre. And then right. cat mystery is a genre inside cozy mystery. And then ghost cat mystery Why? is like a genre in that. It's so weird. It's so weird. But if you're Why into you that, check out Clea Simons. She's got a lot of ghost cat books. Uh, she's got a lot of a other lot. cat mystery books. If you don't need any ghosts, um, so yeah, like like I don't want to I cuz honestly in terms of books that we've read on this podcast, this was mm-hmm. better written than a lot of them. I would say. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. It's yeah, definitely so readable. I think that honestly I ahead think of the Antigua. biggest problem it had was that it wasn't really edited properly to make it like get rid of the shit that you didn't need and make the scenes go in an order that made sense. Like, I think that was the big problem, which she's an independent writer. Like I can forgive her that. So if, if you are into cozy mysteries, go check her out. Uh, Yeah. She writes a ton. She writes a ton. Yeah. So like, I don't, I don't want to like be bashing her at all. Like a plus she's doing a great job, but like for me, this was terrible. Yeah. Yeah, this is this is for me a uh, never again. <laughs> which uh, that kind of brings me into the new segment that we wanted to start this week, which yeah. was rather be reading. I wanted to suggest a book that I would have rather read than this book, which is actually a reread, which probably most of them are going to be. But um, when I was looking up this book, it is called Shades of Grey. And I saw a million different books that are some variation of Shades of Grey, but it reminded me of the... Shades of Grey, which was written by Jasper Ford, which is yes! a great book. Such a I good book. I love that book. Yeah, it's so good. It's like, um, it's a society where people are partially colorblind and you're judged based on what colors you can see. But it's Jasper Ford mm-hmm. and he, um, people might 
uh, he wrote the Thursday Next series is kind of like his mm-hmm. big series that people have heard of. But it's a really good yeah, book. Yeah, the Nursery and Crimes. If, oh, yeah, Nursery Crimes. Um, yeah, if you have some time on your hands and you're looking for a good uh, kind of speculative fiction type book with a lot of humor, we would recommend that one. Yeah, yeah. Or if you're if you're for some for some reason a younger reader listening to our podcast, also Garth Nix wrote a series. <laughs> Sorry about, about the cussing. Yeah, oops. Uh, Garth Nix also wrote a series that has to do with a color cast system and people only being able to wear and see and use one color and yeah, living in towers. Anyway, unrelated. That one's also good. I don't remember what it's called. I read it when I was a kid. It's by Garth Nix. Garth Nix, check them out. Check them out. Um, for what I would rather be reading, I guess. So if you are looking for like a good mystery series that solves or that um, has a female main character and is a pretty long series, and I think more to me, I mean, it's historical fiction, but I think more kind of leans toward the cozy mystery side of things, um, is the Mary Russell and Sherlock Holmes series. The first book is called The Beekeeper's Apprentice, but it's really good. It's like Sherlock is kind of older and retired and takes on Mary Russell as his apprentice and he teaches her all these things and they're they're a little bit cheesy um but i really enjoyed the first book and i have the second book and hopefully we'll start them soon so that's what i would rather be reading when it comes to a mystery series (laughs) with a female main character there are no dead animals (laughs) (laughs) no ghost cats so yeah so while we would rather have read other books was there anything at all you liked about this book um we did kind of talk i mean we talked a little bit about how she's not that bad of a writer like i don't i don't Mm -hmm. think I don't think the writing was terrible, um, but I did. I actually really liked some of the side characters. I thought a lot of them were pretty well fleshed out uh, mm-hmm. and pretty interesting. Like a bunch of the the problem was that it was all through Dulcie's like very negative kind of lens, but mm-hmm. most of them seemed cool and most of them seemed pretty fleshed out. And I really didn't mind most of the interactions that she had with other people. The times that she was actually doing any sort of detective work where she was mm-hmm. trying to interview people and kind of get to the bottom and like understand the the connections between these different people. I thought that was good. And I thought that if it wasn't through the lens of Dulcie, I might have actually really, and if there wasn't a fucking ghost cut, I might have actually yeah. really liked this book. <laughs> yeah. I I also enjoyed the side characters um, as well as like, I, I kind of liked that I didn't, I couldn't see where it was going until the end. Yeah, yeah. Like, there was a, there was a, a reason to keep reading. Yeah. I definitely had a lot of theories, and uh, mm-hmm. most of them did not pan out. <laughs> Unfortunately, Suze is a real person. <laughs> yeah, Suze is She just wasn't Suze answering the phone because she got a boyfriend. So, you know. Yeah. Uh, that's why it was okay <laughs> for her to date Chris, for Dulcie to date Chris. <laughs> right, right. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was unlike the perfect letter where we knew everything that was going to happen yeah um step by step by step very formulaic this book wasn't that way i mean there were definitely some parts where you could be like okay well that's gonna come back to bite her later in the butt but for the most part yeah you knew what dulcie's kind of uh actions would lead to but you didn't know what the mystery was behind it you didn't know what happened mm-hmm. to him yeah yeah so that that was enough to keep me invested yeah engaged yeah 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 uh speaking kind of of sue's uh well let me ask which character did you uh (laughs) did you no i didn't pick sue's but i assumed you picked sue's for uh which character did you relate to the most 
I I picked Suze um, just because she's the only voice of reason in this whole book. Like she's she's far away from the situation. She's very removed from it all, and she's just screaming yeah. things down the phone. Like, why did you do it that way? What are you thinking? Stop what talking to problem? the cops. Talk to a lawyer. <laughs> and then and then also like you know the middle all the way to the end of the book, she just stops picking up the phone. So like yeah, which good call, Suze. Good me. call. Yeah. Go please go live your life with your new boyfriend. That's great. Be your yeah, own. Yeah, get out of this nonsense. You need to cut Dulcie out of your life. She's crazy. Yeah, for <laughs> sure, for sure. She's toxic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How about you? Who did you pick? Um, this is I mentioned at the beginning of the episode that this book gave me an existential crisis and now okay. we are going to get to why. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, so I'm going to describe some things about myself. And I want you to tell me which character in this novel they most seem like. Okay? Okay. Uh, 26 years old. Uh, still in school. Uh, <laughs> corrects people's grammar sometimes. <laughs> kind of judgmental. <laughs> Little bit thirsty. Who does that most sound like in this novel? Hmm. <laughs> you are Dulcie Schwartz. I'm Dulcie and I hate her so much. But here's the thing. I think that Dulcie is like... <laughs> The worst version of me. Like, yeah. She's like, yeah, darkest timeline, M. Yes. Dulcie is <laughs> Dulcie is who I would be if I got a cat and that cat died and all of my emotional well-being was invested with that cat. <laughs> I would just immediately start. And she, she, oh, we didn't even talk about how often she corrects people's grammar in this book, but she oh, does yeah. it all the time and it's so frustrating. It's really annoying. No one likes that kind of person. Please stop. No, nobody likes that. Please stop doing that. It's super rude. Like, yeah, just accept that language evolves. Right, right. Just do I it. think uh, I think honestly, Dulcie is like um, sixteen-year-old me. Kind of was. Uh, <laughs> I I I think I'm less Dulcie now, but there's always that possibility that I will go back to being Dulcie. <laughs> you could regress <laughs> to your right, Dulcie right, stage. Right. <laughs> yes, I'm like the Dulcie this- years. <laughs> So yeah, that was that was the character I most related to, and That's it wasn't hilarious. a good feeling. <laughs> oh, uh, well, since you challenged me last week, that I'm means so it's nervous. My turn. The payback my for turn. this is gonna be so harsh. I'm so nervous. You are going to kill me. Oh my um, god. Okay, I'm gonna pull up the uh, synopsis, but while I do. I want to real quick, because I don't think we've ever actually said on the show what our rules are for picking a book. Oh, yeah. The rules that we established early on were this book, the uh, the books cannot be excessively long. So like over 400 pages. Yeah, they have to be narrative fiction and they have to be readily available. So like it can't be something that costs a hundred dollars and it takes eight weeks to ship or whatever um yeah. they'd rather be right was pretty close i didn't yeah <laughs> yeah we could not find that for a while but we found it in an anthology yeah i would like to point out that nowhere in those rules does it state that we cannot read a book that is part of a series but is not the first book damn in it, the series damn it damn it <laughs> Now, why you do that? This? Might be bad. That might be bad. But which one is it? I wanted to pick a book that we were both at least somewhat familiar with the the world, the 
the uh, no. background. What is it? I'm so nervous because this on, means I, gotta, I probably read the I first gotta... book already. Oh, you read the first book. No. Um, <laughs> found it. Okay. So I have chosen. I'm not going to tell you the title. I'm going to read you the synopsis. You ready? Okay. Let's see how <clears throat> quick I can get it. Oh, you'll get it immediately. <laughs> no. When a 15-year-old girl is abducted by vampires, it's up to U.S. Marshal Anita... No! (laughs) U.S. Marshal... I can't do it! It's up to U.S. Marshal Anita Blake, baby! (laughs) To find her! No! And... and, Oh, God. And when she does, she's faced with something she's never seen before. A terrifyingly ordinary group of people. Kids, grandparents, soccer moms, all recently turned and willing to die (laughs) to avoid serving a master. And where there's one martyr, there will be more. But even vampires have monsters that they're afraid of. And Anita is one of them. We will be reading Kiss the Dead, an Anita Blake vampire hunter novel. How far into the series is this? Okay, because let's... Let's be upfront about this. Em and I have both gone through a hardcore Anita Blake phases where we both really liked, read, and enjoyed, despite all their faults, the Anita Blake. We series. tapped out around, I think before, around book 10, both of us. Around or before. Yeah, I think so. When we when we both realized, like, this isn't going to get any better. Let's quit. There are currently 25 <laughs> books in the series. This is number 21. Oh, my God. Who is even still alive at... Oh, Jean-Claude is in this book. Oh, my God. Asher is in this. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Now, I want to be clear. I was going to pick just number 25, go for the most recent, just to make it as confusing as possible. But A, from what I understand, Mm -hmm. uh, the reason we both kind of stopped reading these books was because at some point they stopped being fun vampire mysteries and turned into um, vampire orgies all the time, always. Or depending on which book it was. Sometimes, like, werewolf Right, 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 right. Uh, But yeah, supernatural orgies, which, you know, (laughs) everybody's down for a good supernatural orgy every so often. But, you know, like, there's eight of them in a book, essentially. Uh, But uh, from my understanding, Mm -hmm. pretty much all of the books continued in that vein. (laughs) Haha, vampire fun. (laughs) Ha (laughs) ha ha. I was going to pick the most recent one, uh, but some of them get very lengthy. Uh, one of them was 700 pages, so we weren't going to do that one. Oh my so, gosh! How many sex scenes so many are in that actually. book? So we went with uh, Kiss the Dead because it is, uh, let me find it, uh, 366 pages. Yeah. And like, okay, it's been a good, I don't know, would you say like 10? Uh, we were into them like my freshman year, my first freshman year uh-huh. of college. <laughs> Uh, which was 2009, so... Okay, so, yeah, yeah eight it's years been ago. About eight years, yeah. It's been a minute. Like, we... It's been a minute. I don't remember anything about this series, except one, Anita Blake has terrible fashion sense, and two, <laughs> the Jean-Claude wears fluffy, puffy shirts. <laughs> it was great because you sent me that picture of the catalog with the shirt with geometric shapes and we're like oh it's an Anita Blake shirt ha 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 like a couple weeks ago and I've been sitting on this one since we started this podcast and I was like yes 
it's so good it's so good i'm so excited and here's the thing i have a way higher tolerance for this kind of bullshit so i feel like i might actually enjoy this i was gonna say what if we get into this book though and we both decide we like it we and both then- get back into anita blake <laughs> and then we both get back into this goddamn anita blake series <laughs> that might be that might be the case we will uh read it and find out what happens happens i'm looking no forward judgment to judgment here <laughs> I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah. I think, and a large part of why we can do this podcast is because Em and I don't really have a high threshold for what is makes a good book. Like, we, we can right, be right, satisfied right. You guys by very bad books. Case in point, Anita Blake. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think this one, I think either one of us is going to like it or it's going to break one of us. That's yeah. That's my prediction. Yeah, it depends. It depends on how bad it is, how sexy it is, I mean. I hope. I can't wait. Oh, and we're not going to know anything that's going on either. No, but I, from my um, perusal of kind of where the series has gone, uh, mm-hmm. it doesn't seem like you need a lot of knowledge about what's been going on. And I think this okay, one, good. there was kind of like a an arc from like book 11 to shortly before this book. And then it kind of goes back to being more uh, episodic. So I think this one is a little okay. bit more episodic than some of the prior ones. So okay. it should be a little bit easier to get into. Right. Oh, well, God. that about wraps it up for uh, this I'm episode so of Hate Read. Okay. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Hate Readcast. You can also email us at hatereadcast at gmail.com. And please do, please email us and let us know yeah. if you know how to turn a JPEG into a spreadsheet through viruses. <laughs> yes, yes. Or. You know, if you come across a terrible book you'd like to force upon others to read to share your to share your right, sorrows. Right. We're basing our hate on synopsises only. So if you guys have a book that you are pretty sure will hate, send it our way. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You can also follow us on SoundCloud and iTunes or wherever else you find this podcast. Yes, wherever you found it, subscribe to us and say good things. <laughs> In the words of Clea Simon. He was ramming against the bull so hard, we all thought he was sushi. <laughs> I just saw the the note I took in like chapter 11 where it's something about Sue's and my note is just Sue's has been dead the whole time. <laughs>